Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton talking to you right now from Haiti. That's right. I am on a cruise ship. I am speaking on Jimmy Moore's low-carb cruise, and we just docked this morning in Haiti, of all places. Interesting. Um, So I'm sure that you guys will all be patient with the audio quality. We're just going fingers crossed here. Hopefully everything will be fine. And if not, no big deal. The next episode you hear from me will be back with my normal settings and stuff. But I did pack my mic so that I could get this podcast done. I got most of them done ahead of time, but not this one. So we're just rolling, making it work. And I know know you guys understand how that is. So we're just going to roll with it. I wanted to do something a little bit current event-ish in response to an article that came out recently, and there's been all sorts of social media conversation about this. I've been emailed it and texted this article uh, pretty much nonstop since it came out, and it is about The Biggest Loser. For those of you that aren't familiar, it's a TV show where you basically go live in isolation and you dramatically cut your calories and you work out for eight plus hours a day. And it's a competition. Whoever wins the highest percentage um, of their weight lost wins a lot of money. And there was a, an article coming out this week talking about The Biggest Loser and lots of people have been talking about it, but I want to cut through the garbage um, and get to the facts and what it means, what it doesn't mean. I thought about addressing it on social media, which it seemed like everybody else was doing, or just responding to the emails that I got. And then I thought, you know what? This deserves to be tackled head on. And I will first say this very clearly. I am not shaming The Biggest Loser, and I'm not sure why anybody would bother shaming that show. Now, do I agree with the approach used to help the people on the show lose weight? No, I personally don't, not even a little. But here's the thing. Instead of people, and I want to address like the science of this, I'm going to get there, but I want to get this off my chest first so that nobody thinks I'm like coming down hard on the show. Instead of people being all up in arms as we love to be, talking a lot and doing very little, I hope that everybody realizes that if you just stopped watching the show, it would be done and over with. I mean, seriously, and it's funny because I've had people suggest that I should do some kind of reality show, work with my clients, and I've been very clear, it would be the most boring reality show in the world. Nobody would watch. But The Biggest Loser, you watch because they're in the gym for eight plus hours a day. You watch because they're losing a pound a day, if not more, right? And sure, not all of you watch, right? I get it. But if you watch and you're all enraged about the tactics, you are the reason that it is still on the air. You're part of the problem. You just are. That's that's just the way it is. And the other thing is, we have to think about, of all 
the overweight and obese people in the world, one bazillionth of a percent of them make their way onto the show The Biggest Loser. The rest of us, here's the thing, we don't need Jillian Michaels or Bob Harper to treat us harshly. We do it to ourselves every day, right? Sure, there's a few hundred people that have gone through the show and maybe they weren't given the best tools for success, but like millions and millions of us are abusing our bodies in different ways all on our own. We take on crazy, unsustainable plans and we yo-yo. We lose the weight, we put it back on. We lose the weight, we put it back on. So here's the conversation I'd like to have today. How can we use the information in this article for our own good? How can we learn from this research? How can we best stay in our own lane and improve our own journey rather than worrying about somebody else's. Some of the emails that I've received in response to this article are people saying, it's hopeless. See, this article proves that if I eat less and move more, I'm just gonna slow my metabolism and it's all over. No, that is not what the article says. It's not what the research proves and it's also just not true. Plus, even if the article did say that, that does not make it true for you. This article is looking at 16 people or 14 people, however many, 14 or 16, who went through something really extreme. That is not you. That is not you. Another group of emails have taken sort of like, you know, this is interesting. It proves what doesn't work, what's damaging long term, but it doesn't tell me what I should do. So tell me what I should do. And you're right. That's what I want to address. I'm gonna summarize the article because it's really long and I can tell from the freaked out emails I've gotten about it that most people haven't read it or haven't really been able to kind of see the forest through the trees here. Um, so I wanna give you the Cliff Notes version and then we'll get practical. If we know what is long-term not helping our body, what can we do? What should we be doing? So let's summarize the article. Like I said, for those of you that don't watch or haven't watched The Biggest Loser, these severely overweight, these aren't people with 20 or 30 pounds to lose, these are people with 100, 200, 300 pounds to lose. They go and they live on a ranch. What they eat is very, very controlled. They are dramatically restricting their calories and it's all a calorie model. And then they work out for hours and hours a day, like eight, nine, 10 hours or more per day. And this article starts talking about one of the winners who, get this, I mean, this is just like, hello, red flag that this is not the way to go about something in a healthy, sustainable way. He lost 239 pounds in seven months. Seven months is about 210 days. So he's losing more than a pound a day for seven months. I don't think anybody needs to convince anybody that losing 239 pounds in seven months is probably not healthy or advisable, but I digress. Even prior to this particular article, which I'll link to over on the show notes for those of you that want to read the whole long thing, there have been many things written about the astonishing and really sad prevalence of these contestants on this particular show putting on all or most of the weight and even a lot of them gaining more weight, uh, getting beyond their highest point that brought them to the show in the first place. And I've said this before, there's no surprise that you don't see a Biggest Loser reunion show because the majority of the people put the weight back on and many of them end up heavier than they were prior to the start of the show. So anyway, there's this scientist 
um, Kevin Hall, and he's a researcher. He decided that it would be interesting to follow some of the contestants from this show and see what happened over a period of several years, six years to be exact. The super Cliff Notes version is this. He followed 14. I said 14 or 16 is 14. He followed 14 of the contestants. 13 of the 14 put all the weight back on within six years. So they had dramatic, rapid weight loss. 13 of the 14 put all of it back on. Four of the 14 are heavier than they were when they started. So they put it all back and then some. And early on in the article, roundabout when I think people kind of stopped reading, because we get to something that we grab a hold of and then we're like, oh, I'm freaking out. And then we don't read the rest or we don't think critically about it. Um, But I think that a lot of people got to one of the initial summary sentences and kind of panicked. It says, the results, researchers said, were stunning. They showed just how hard the body fights back against weight loss. Now, what people heard is if you lose weight, your body is going to fight to put it back on and your body's going to win. So people immediately go, why try? But what it actually says is that biggest loser contestants, this tiny little subset of people who go through a very extreme experience, right, after going about weight loss in an unhealthy and unsustainable way, saw significant weight rebound because they did not focus on metabolism and hormones. They just wanted to lose weight as rapidly as possible. And the approach that they took was unsustainable and irresponsible and unhealthy, period. Now, we'll get more into the, okay, so what is an approach that's not this? Well, we'll talk about that in detail, but it's certainly not practically starving yourself and working out for 9 to 12 hours a day. So let me keep going through this article. They get into a discussion about resting metabolic rate, right? Which is basically how much energy your body uses at rest. If your body doesn't use very much energy at rest, then you have to eat less or there's just extra left over. It's easier to overeat and put on weight if you aren't using that much energy. Now, what the article says is that prior to the show, prior to this really crazy approach they took, they were, they had basically normal resting metabolic rates for their size. They were using an appropriate amount of energy for their size. However, after this prolonged period of time where they were dramatically decreasing their calorie intake and exercising intensely for hours and hours and hours every day, their normal metabolism, right? And nobody's talking about healthy here. They're just talking about it was relatively normal for their size. It became abnormal. They decreased their metabolic rate. They decreased their resting metabolism. It's kind of like taking like a turbo diesel car and turning it into a hybrid. It was using a lot of energy. Now it's not using as much. Now what people heard when they read that is when you lose weight, your resting metabolism gets super slow because your body hates you and therefore you have to eat like a bird or you'll put the weight back on. Nope, that's not what it says. What it says is this, when you try to beat your body, I know you guys can probably hear some sort of like something happening outside my little deck window, but that's okay because we're on a cruise ship and we're making it work. Anyway, what people heard is like your body hates you. If you lose weight, you'll wreck your metabolism and then you really can only eat like 
crackers and bananas or you'll put all the way back on. No, it says when you try to beat your body, when you are reckless with your weight loss strategy, your body thinks there is a problem because there is, and your body is trying to protect you. So it's no surprise that the bodies of these people were like, what the heck is going on? Think about it. What message would your body get if all of a sudden you dramatically slash your calorie intake, you eat way, way, way less than what your body needs, and on top of that, you begin working out intensely for hours and hours and hours each day, the body's gonna be like, emergency, crap, we're in crisis mode, what are we gonna do? And I've shared this many times before, when you follow the model of just eat less, move more, fat loss is not the first option your body considers because your body is a brilliant machine. When it thinks something is wrong, and in this situation that we're talking about, something is wrong, the first response of your body to protect you and keep you safe is to downshift your metabolic rate. Something's wrong, this isn't okay, we're working too much and we're eating too little, slow everything down. It's like putting your car in cruise control and that is the effect that the researchers are describing here. The second thing, the second approach that your body is gonna take in this situation that's like an emergency alert is hang on to the fat, burn the muscle, because we need this energy-rich fat storage in case of an emergency. We need to have that be our emergency reserve, so don't let that go, tear down the muscle. And burning the muscle tissue further reduces metabolic rate because muscle takes more energy to maintain than fat does. So we have this compound effect of slowing down the metabolism. The last option is your body giving up your precious fat reserves, right? And this is eat less, move more, extreme style, televised style, get people to watch it every Tuesday night style, right? All right, ready for the next point in the article that scared the bejesus out of people who wanna lose weight? I'm gonna quote this, it says, what shocked the researchers was what happened next. As the years went by and the numbers on the scales climbed, they were putting on more weight, the contestants' metabolisms did not recover. They became even slower and the pounds kept piling on. It was as if their bodies were intensifying the effort to pull contestants back to their original weight. What I think a lot of people heard is your metabolism will get slower and slower and slower and you're screwed so don't even try. Now we're just looking for problems because that is not what is real or true. Guys, we're talking about people who are severely obese and who were reckless in their strategy, who hurt their bodies. So what we should take away from this is, okay, extreme strategies are short-term. And how many times have we talked about that? Short-term strategy yields short-term results. And, I mean, did you need this article to prove that to you? Hasn't your body proven it to you with the yo-yoing? I know I did, right? cut back in an extreme way. Like when I did HCG and I was eating 400 calories a day for 60 days straight, I learned the hard way. I put that, that, that weight back on and then some rapid fire. I didn't know weight gain that fast was possible. So I didn't need this article to tell me that that's what happens. When I've done reckless strategies before, 
my body has proven that to me time and time and time and time and time again. Thanks for the article, but my body already told me that like mm, 20 years ago plus over and over. So here's what the article didn't tell us. What were these people doing when they were putting the weight back on, right? What were they eating? Were they couch potatoes? Were they still calorie restricting? Were they eating whatever they want whenever they want and not working out? We don't know. But most of all, we aren't them. Honestly, and, and I'm happy to take criticism for this because it's you know just my opinion, but my opinion is that there is no research on the planet that is more valuable than the feedback we get from our own bodies. None, none. The most important person is you. And we need to think less and fear less and do more. You are not the subject of this article. Your body is going to tell you what works for you and what doesn't. You've got to listen to your body more than you're interested in what's happening to other people's bodies. You can let this scare you or you can let this inform you and then be curious, not afraid and pay attention to your body, right? It says in this article, Mr. Cahill, he was the one who lost the 279 pounds in seven months. Mr. Cahill was one of the worst off. As he regained more than 100 pounds, his metabolism slowed so much that just to maintain his current weight loss of 295 pounds, or his current weight of 295 pounds, he has to eat 800 calories a day, less than a man his typical size. Anything more turns to fat. Now, what most people heard was, now he can only eat 800 calories a day or he gains weight. That's not what it says. 800 calories a day less than a typical man his size. So let's say that a typical man his size can maintain his weight at 2,500 calories per day. That means that Mr. Cahill can only eat 1,700 calories a day. So we see these numbers and, and it's creative journalism. Like they wanna put the numbers in there because they know lots of people aren't gonna read the nuances. And, and that's why if you're gonna look at this stuff, you have to do so with a critical eye. They're not saying, oh my gosh, he can only eat 800 calories a day. 800 calories a day less than an average man his size who hasn't gone through this experience. And the, the biggest point I wanna make about this thing with the calorie numbers is that is calorie logic, which is what got these people into trouble in the first place. All calories are not created equal, so those statements are extremely misleading and not complete thoughts. 1,700 calories of carbohydrates is very different to your body, to your ability to burn fat or store fat than 1,700 calories of protein or of fat. 1,700 calories of processed foods creates a very different storage response in the body than 1,700 calories of processed or whole foods. But more importantly, unless you're Mr. Cahill, you don't need to worry about it because you aren't him right? There's this alarming graph in the article showing the drop-off and the number of calories they burn at rest compared to when they started. And people see these steep lines and these bright colors and they're like, oh my God, what a drop-off. But you don't look at the scale. The scale is like a couple hundred calories to 800 calories, okay? We have to think about it in a, in from like a common sense kind of perspective. It doesn't have to be as complicated as some people want to make it out to be. 
When he started, he was like 400 some odd pounds. And now he burns 800 fewer calories per day at rest? Well, yeah, when you lose weight rapidly, it's not all fat. Some of it's muscle, which lowers your metabolic rate when you burn through that muscle. So, okay, that's why we don't wanna lose weight dramatically and recklessly. That's why we don't wanna follow the very incomplete calorie-based model. This graph shows people burning anywhere from 100 calories fewer each day to 800 calories fewer each day after weight loss. Is that really all that shocking? No, I don't think so. But if we just look at these steep lines and we don't go, oh, well, I mean, some people are only burning 100 calories fewer per day. Is that so surprising? No, I mean, I read it and I was like, yeah, sounds about right. There is a doctor on the show. His name is Robert Heisinga. And in response to this study, because obviously it doesn't exactly cast a favorable light on The Biggest Loser, in response to the study, he says, weight loss is difficult, which is why he tells contestants they should exercise at least, at least nine hours per week, more than an hour every single day to keep the weight off. Um, so there's a better way. And uh, Dr. Heisinga, I have some books I can recommend or some resources I can recommend on uh, more efficient modes of, of uh, exercise for fat loss that don't require over an hour every single day just to maintain your weight loss. Guys, I mean, if anybody is unclear, you don't have to, nor should you exercise over an hour, almost an hour and a half every day to maintain your weight loss? No, you can do it in a fraction of that time if you're wise about the strategy, which we've talked about here a lot, and there's lots of other resources talking about that thing, uh, that sort of thing, uh, including metabolic effect. They talk a lot about efficient exercise for fat loss, which is nowhere near this nine hours a week recommendation for maintaining weight loss. That is just bonkers. Then the article starts to get more promising, but most people are alarmed and have stopped reading at this point in time. So my self-proclaimed friend, he doesn't know me, but like he's my friend in my mind, Dr. David Ludwig, I did a review of his book uh, in an episode that shares the title of his book, Always Hungry, great book, highly recommend it. Uh, but he comments on the research and basically the Cliff Notes version is this. He says, the findings make sense. He says it's a tiny sample size, it's 14 people, there's no control group, which basically is him saying, it's not really good research but it's common sense in that if you lose weight in an unhealthy, unsustainable way, it's not gonna end well, you know? One of my friends texted me the link to the article and I will read you what I texted him back verbatim. This is literally what I said. I said, eat less, move more is the ultimate crash diet. The metabolic compensation is fierce. Our bodies are brilliant and we have to work with them, not against them. And if we try to work against the body, it's gonna win. The house always wins. I am all about working with our bodies, as is my self-proclaimed friend, Dr. David Ludwig. He, he basically says in this article, he says he knows people are going to be thinking this is hopeless. And he says, it should be interpreted to mean, or it shouldn't be interpreted to mean that we are doomed to battle our biology or remain fat. It means we need to explore other approaches. Uh-huh, I agree. Then the article goes into hormones, which if you're still reading it is probably when your eyes glaze over. And one researcher says, when you lose weight, you produce less of the hormone leptin, so you're hungry all the time, end quote. 
Leptin is our satiety hormone, so it helps us to feel full and satisfied. So he says, when you lose weight, you produce less of the hormone leptin, so you're hungry all the time. No, 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 no. Maybe I'm the biggest loser. When you lose weight, by fighting against your body, being reckless in your approach, yeah, you're gonna screw with all of your hormones, including leptin, but weight loss does not equal more hunger. Weight loss does not equal lower leptin levels. Dumb weight loss does. Unsustainable, short-term, dangerous tactics do. One of the contestants uh, was quoted in the article, one who had put on all the weight, and, uh, and I think then some, says, this is what, this is what she said. What people don't understand is that a treat is like a drug. Two treats can turn into a binge over a three-day period. My heart breaks for her. It really does, because that statement is a resounding commercial for what I am saying all the time about food. If you do not deal with the underlying issues, it is rarely about food. The issues are still there. So much of this rebound weight gain isn't just the hormonal and metabolic issues. It's the fact that these people focused only on the food and only on the exercise, and they still have the same issues that they were turning to food to overcome. So they're still turning turning to food because the reality is a treat and indulgence is not a drug. A treat and indulgence does not lead to a three-day binge. You might choose that path, but that means there's something else going on that you need to get to the bottom of. If you believe a treat is a drug, if you tell yourself you have no control when you have one or two things it leads to a three-day binge, then guess what? You will be right every single time because you're not going to exceed your own expectations. You're not. The argument is made uh, in this article that these contestants, because they lost so much weight, they destroyed their body's ability to produce leptin or they significantly impaired their body's ability to produce leptin and so they're never satisfied and they're always hungry. No, it's not because they lost weight. It's because they didn't respect the physiology of the human body. They didn't respect hormones. They didn't work with their body. They fought against their body and the house always win. They focused on an extreme version of eat less, move more, eat way, way, way less and move way, way, way more. And they created hormonal chaos and they damage their metabolisms. This is not a result of weight loss. This is a result of unhealthy weight loss. This is a result of working against the body. Weight loss should not be about calories in, calories out, and how many more calories can I possibly burn than I can eat. Weight loss, sustainable, enduring fat loss that creates a state of health is about how do I create hormonal balance. These contestants that they're writing about, their activity levels, guys, listen to this, their activity levels had them burning like 8,000 to 9,000 calories per day, and they're only eating 1,000, 1,500, maybe some of the bigger men are eating 2,000, but that's a stretch. That's a big stretch, and you can hear somebody like knocking on my window practically, not literally, because that would be creepy as I'll get out, but anyway, that's what that noise is. So they talk in the article about how the brain dictates how many calories you will consume. And it's misleading. It's really misleading because some calories satisfy you and some calories don't, depending on 
where they come from, what foods they come from. You could have 400 calories from a couple cookies and not even feel remotely satisfied, in fact, create more hunger, but you could have 400 calories from broccoli both the cookies and the broccoli are a carb, and the, and the broccoli is gonna send a very, very different signal to your body, to your brain. Which of course, at this point, everybody's like, okay, so, so what do I do? Especially for those of you, and I know you're out there because you email me that are still obsessed with the calorie model. What we first have to do is understand that the calorie in, calorie out model is flawed. Because at the risk of being repetitive here, calories are not created equal. When we count calories, we are pretending that all calories have the same impact on the body regardless of what they come from. That 100 calories of almonds is the same thing as 100 calories from ice cream. No, it's not. And if you're a calorie counter, cool, I can't stop you, but I can tell you it's old science. It doesn't work for the body long term and it is not as effective as taking a quality approach based on listening to your body, working with your body instead of against it. Creating a a message of health and security for your body instead of emergency and alarm. So what does that mean, practically speaking? We have to look at food as information, information that is either going to support our hormones and our metabolism or not support our hormones and our metabolism. This is why I feel strongly from a strategy standpoint that the golden rules of carbs and fat loss are so effective for fat loss because they are focused on creating healthy messages to send the body, to set up hormonal balance, to allow for fat burning and not allow for these emergency alert signals within the body, right? It's about quality food that sends healthy signals to the body that satisfy your hunger. And I'm gonna link to the golden rules of carbs and fat loss um, and the episodes that I've done on those in the show notes of this episode over on primalpotential.com. So the golden rules of carbs and fat loss is one big thing. And the other big thing is eat real food, whole foods. Focus first on the things that are gonna satisfy you instead of trying to jam in all the low calorie dieting options that you can eat a truckload of because you think they don't count, like sugar-free Jello or fat-free microwave popcorn. Eat more vegetables. Eat them slowly. Consume fats from whole food sources like coconut oil, salmon, eggs. Make sure you're consuming protein with your meals and snacks. Look to treat your body like you love it, like you want to protect it. And again, I have a ton of strategy-based episodes that I will link to in the show notes um, for sort of the nuts and bolts. And then, of course, I have my full-blown carbohydrate strategy for fat loss course for those of you that are like, I need more, I need to understand, I need to understand artificial sweeteners and fruit and alcohol and all of that, that's in that course, I'll link to that as well, as well as to this whole long article. But I think that the discussion is worth having. Short-term strategies deliver short-term results. Unhealthy strategies deliver unhealthy responses from your hormones, from your metabolism, from your body, right? We have to work with our bodies, not against our bodies. So I want to wrap up what I ate yesterday. As I said, I am on a cruise ship. Um, tons of options, many healthy, many not. I started the day with coffee, as I always do, because what's a day without starting with coffee? And then uh, after my workout, I had some scrambled eggs and bacon. Um, lunch was a salad. I couldn't find a protein option that was going to work for me, so I ended up, this one worked, but I couldn't find something I wanted more. Uh, just like a hamburger patty alongside my salad. And then, oh, dinner was good. 
I posted a picture of it on Facebook and Instagram, but it was tuna carpaccio, so like raw tuna, thinly sliced, with wasabi, jalapeno, a garlic chip, and some caviar. And I also had a salad with that because that wasn't a lot of food. And I'm trying to drink as much water as I can here on the ship, which isn't easy to do, but I'm trying. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you understand that I am in no way bashing The Biggest Loser because the reality is we often do this to ourselves on a daily basis when we do crazy diets um, that are not sustainable. Any strategy that's not sustainable is going to give you results that aren't sustainable, period, end of discussion. Anyway, I uh, love you guys, love hanging out with you, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.